You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. And welcome to the UFC Fight Night post-show live stream. And now your host, Mr. Mike Heck. It's just so soothing after a night of fights, isn't it? That music in the background. The UFC, anyways, has put together a, a very deep card for their third of four Fight Island events. And this one had a little bit of everything tonight. And in the end, we have a brand new UFC flyweight champion in Davison Figueiredo. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the UFC Fight Island 2 live post-fight show on the MMAfighting.com YouTube channel. I am Mike Heck, being joined by the greats Alex Kaylee and Jose Youngs. We have a new champion in Davison Figueredo, a.k.a. finishes Joseph Benavides in the first round, but you know how we like to do things. Before we get to the main event a little more in-depth, thoughts on the card in its entirety. How would you grade this one from top to bottom? Okay, you can go first. Yeah, all right. Uh, Man, I'm always hesitant to go above B. B plus like my default answer, but I would almost go like a strong A minus. I don't know. I'm just looking at the card again. I don't know if there was a bad fight. Uh, I'm not saying it was not. It was all barn burners, but I don't know if there was a single fight in the card that I that I saw and I was like, oh well, that was you know that was a snoozer. Like this was a really really solid card from top to bottom. So maybe I'm just high off of um, sort of that exciting those exciting performances we saw in those last two fights. I'm gonna go A minus. That was that was good. That was good MMA stuff. What do you think, Jose? Yeah, I'll go B plus, A minus. Uh, I was saying this on the Wayne show with Esther that just looking at this fight, like the actual records of the fighters, Joseph Benavidez had six losses, I think, leading into this fight. And that was the most losses by a fighter on the entire card. There were a lot of undefeated fighters, one-loss fighters, two-loss fighters. So it was, it, this seems like a card that the UFC could use to build stars. And I think they, they knocked it out of the park with that because we had a lot of really excellent performances by fighters that a needed wins or needed introduction maybe to, to the, the fans that don't watch all, all these fights. And when those sports are going on and Dana White, is, he said like what the most recent, one of the most recent scrums, like the, the sport has never been healthy. The, the sport has never been talked about more. And I think if, if that trend is carrying over fight to fight on fight Island, this was a home run for a lot of uh, UFC prospects looking to make a name for themselves. Listen, when you have a fight card that ends before 11 p.m. Eastern time, that automatically knocks you up a notch or two. So I'd say this is a solid B plus, all things considered, because the formula was there, not just because it ended at a decent time, but we had some great fights. We had some painful yet memorable finishes. We have a brand new champion. This is a damn good event and uh, some breaking news for those tuning in right now. 
the uh, bonuses are out. Fight of the night, Mark Casey versus Rafael Fazeev. Performances of the night, of course, Davis and Figueredo and Ariane Lipsky, which I'm sure we're going to talk about both of them. Definitely going to talk about Davis and Figueredo right now because we have a brand new champion. He dominates Joseph Benavides. He knocks him down three times and then finally put him to sleep right before the first round came to an end. Alex Kaylee. Got to give it up for Davis and Figueredo, not just because of the performance, but what he had to go through just to just to get there. Right. Yeah, it's been a crazy ride for Figueredo. Look, some of it self-inflicted, of course, uh, from the from the first time where he missed the weight, you know, uh, and, 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 you know, he, uh, he's the kind of person he owns that. Right. He's not making excuses. And then uh, he gets the knockout in that first fight. But there's a controversy with the headbutt completely accidental. So so not only he gets that win, but somehow doesn't walk out with the title. It remains vacant. Thankfully, they rebook it quickly. Positive COVID-19 test uh, turns out only to be for the antibodies, thankfully not the active virus. He's got to fly to Abu Dhabi, get more testing. We don't know what's going to happen. The tongue will bring Alexander Pintoja in. Is Davis and Figueroa going to make weight? You know, making 125, very difficult. Somehow he does all that and then puts on arguably, I don't even know if it's arguable, puts on the greatest performance of his career so far uh, when he needed it the most. So it's a, it's a hell of a story. Jose, what do you think? Because, you know, we don't really appreciate the power all the time of Davis and Figueredo. But then when you see him in the octagon with a guy like Joseph Benavides, he is massive. Like he is a massive individual to get down to 125 and to be able to compete the way that he did. Your thoughts on Figueredo becoming the new champion, his performance tonight. I mean, the UFC needed a, they needed a reason to keep the flyweight division around. And once Henry Cejudo beat Demetrius Johnson and Demetrius, uh, Henry Cejudo was saying like, Oh, I saved the division, this and that. And then he vacated after holding the belt for a long time, then the, fir- the first fight ended in such drama. The UFC flyweight division needed a fight or a finish that was good enough to, quote, save the division. And my God, uh, Davidson Figueredo has already proven, in my mind, because I've watched all of his UFC fights, that he is must-watch uh, television if you're just a fan of violent, awesome fighting. If you're just a fan of face-punching, He's he's your guy. He's not the most charismatic guy. If, if you can't speak uh, Portuguese, uh, he, he he's not big on social media. He, of course, he has that famous picture of him and his bull. So everyone kind of knows him from that, from his viral photos. But my God, man, every single fight he's in, we're talking about it at the end. Because like, remember, AK, you and I were as fight in Edmonton against Pantoja. And we were both talking like that fight absolutely ruled. And we were like, imagine if this fight was on the main card. The Flyways would have a new superstar. And then he gets the fight against Joe B. He misses way, headbutt, this and that. And then all everyone is just vilifying him. Like, And then AK said all the drama leading up to the fight. And then it seems like every time he touched Joe B., Joe B. just fell down. And it, it's, it, was, it was one of those fights that was just tough to watch. And the fact that it was so one-sided – in a championship fight, the I don't know any flyweights out there who are gonna, who are going to pose many problems to a guy with that much dynamite at the end of his hands, 125 pounds. Because honestly, he could go up to 135 and probably be as just as dangerous. So if he sticks around at 125 and continues to make that weight, uh, I don't see a lot of fighters that are going to pose many problems to him. Jose, I want to go back to you because we were talking about this a little bit before we went live. What about Joseph Benavides? I mean, this guy has been around for so long. He's one of the very best to ever do it, to not become a UFC champion. He's so well-respected. He was the sentimental favorite coming in, especially here in the United States. And I don't want to take anything away from Davis Figueredo because he threw a, a, a perfect game tonight, but that was heartbreaking to watch, wasn't it? Especially, you know, someone covering the sport, someone who's followed Benavides for so long, and especially if you're a Benavides fan, that was rough. I mean... It, it goes without saying that you talk to a lot of media members and they say, like, who's your favorite fighters to interview? 
a lot of them will put Joe B on that list. Like he's 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 very uh, understanding with his time. He gives great answers. He has interests outside of fighting that he's so passionate about and will talk about. But he's he you'll you can't find I don't think you can find anyone in this business that doesn't have a good thing to say about Joseph Benavides. Uh, I mean, I was doing uh, pros reacts like the Twitter reacts on our site and the amount of crying emojis, like the emojis with the cries, like the amount of sadness I saw just in his fellow fighters tweets. It was that the, 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 if you make a ratio of people saying congratulations to Figueredo and people lamenting the fact that Joe B lost, it was maybe three to one people uh, upset that Joseph Benavidez lost. So just the fact that his fellow fighters are that much heartbroken that Joseph Benavidez lost is telling on how the sport views him. And where he goes from here, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if he hung it up. But if he wants to keep fighting, just because he wants to keep fighting, I'm not going to tell him not to. I'm never going to tell a fighter that they have to retire. But he's not going to get a title shot anytime soon. He's 2-0-2 oh, uh, against the current champion. He's he's not had – I still think he's the best fighter to never win a belt in any sort of major promotion. Um if you he's too small for 135 so if he wants to just keep fighting just because he loves to keep fighting by all means keep going but i don't know where he goes from here if he still wants a title ak anything you want to add to that uh look there's it's no secret that we, we like joseph benavides around here he's been a, a fantastic guest on a coffee talk with with esther and casey uh you know so not just a good dude as, as jose says as everyone in the media will, will acknowledge but a, a friend a friend of the site for sure and, and it was hard to watch you know um for me i don't know i don't know him personally but i will say i'm i'm a fan of his work and the story would be such a good one, you know, to, to finally win it. Uh, Figueredo is a great story, too. I'm sure when we, you know, people dig a little deeper into his background and where he came from, they'll say, yeah, you know, it's just inspirational as any athlete that has to struggle and then make it to the top. But uh, Benavides, so much of it has happened in front of us. You know, so much of that story has happened in front of us. And and to see him fall short one more time and in really such brutal fashion. I mean, there's visuals, the, the finish uh, uh, with him getting choked out. Unfortunately, that's now going to be a meme. That's going to be something of replay that people are going to see for years. You know, that's, that's, and, and that's, that's the business, right? Um, but uh, if this is the end for, for Joseph Benavidez, I'll, I'll, I'll quote cocktail here and say, um, uh, everything ends badly. Otherwise it wouldn't end. Right. So a uh, little, sorry to bring everyone down, but uh, congratulations though, of course, to Davidson Figueredo. That right. was, that was awesome. That was awesome. We're not going to do any matchmaking talk for this particular fight because, Alex, some breaking news here. If you, you know, feel like you haven't heard enough of myself and Alex K. Lee from a podcasting front, uh, we are adding another podcast to the network uh, starting this week. On to the next one. That was a, a column that was like 2,000 words every week. We're now going to condense that into like a 20 to 25-minute podcast every week uh, doing the matchmaking that way. So that's going to launch. We're going to record that tomorrow. Probably going to launch Monday morning. I think that was the plan, but uh, maybe it'll launch tomorrow. I don't know. But we're going to turn that into podcasting form. So we'll talk all about the matchmaking stuff a little bit later. But this is also like the A-side after dark. So if you guys got questions, comments, thoughts on the event, we will get to those in a little bit. We'll get to as many as we can. You know, and it's it's early. We could do this for the next five hours if we want to. We probably won't, but we could. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the the co-main event, Jose Youngs. Jack Hermanson submits Kelvin Gastelum in just over a minute. That was pretty surprising uh, to see it end like that because we thought if anyone was going to finish this fight in the first round, it was probably going to be Kelvin Gastelum. If Hermanson was going to win, at least in my eyes, I thought he would, you know, have a well-rounded decision win. Turned out Hermanson finishes the fight quickly, gets a quick paycheck. And then he match made for all of us in the post-fight press conference. I know AK is a little salty about that, but uh, your thoughts on the Joker's performance tonight? 
I mean, it's awesome. It's the fight. It's it's the performance he needed, especially coming off that that devastating loss uh, to Captain Crystal Jared Cannonier in like his backyard. It's supposed match, matched up against Chris Weidman, who former champion, supposed to be another test uh, as the main event, I believe, in Oklahoma City, and then he loses that uh, to the pandemic, and he gets bumped down to a three round co-main event against a guy coming off back to back losses and. My God, like Jack Hermanson, like like you said, if anyone's going to finish that fight quickly, I thought it would be Kelvin Gastelum, be like like he's shown in the past, and as Jack Hermanson has shown, he also can finish fights quickly, but it's it's usually by his pads to guillotine, or he just gets a well-rounded decision win, like he did against Jacare Souza. But I don't know anyone that had Jack Hermanson tapping out Kevin Gasol with a heel hook on their 2020 bingo card. Because if you claim you did, you're lying. and <laughs> You're lying. Because that was unbelievable. Kevin Gasol has already apologized on his social media. Two, I know we're going to talk about it later, but two leg-lock style submissions on one fight. Truly, I, as a fan of the just wackiness and goofiness of MMA, I loved it. But yeah, uh, Jack Hermanson, the biggest win of his career in the most stunning way, I would say. AK, outside of Jack Hermanson playing matchmaker and stealing your thunder, what did you make of, of his <laughs> night tonight in, on Fight Island? Well, first of all, guys, let me tell you something. I was thinking outside of the box on this one. You guys are all saying you thought if Gaslam, if Gaslam were to win, uh, it would be by a first-round finish. I, I in my, which are my predictions, which are printed on MMAfighting.com and cannot be changed, uh, I thought that Gaslam was going to win by decision. So I was super wrong. You guys were kind of wrong. I was super wrong. I went all the way the other way with it. Uh, it, it's it's tough, you know. It's so tough for Calvin. We all, we all know what a talented guy he is, and and man, it feels like on any given night he can hang with anyone. We saw it. He went five rounds with the cha- with the current champion, so we know he can. But it's when you're facing someone with with Hermanson's skill, man, he makes that one mistake. You know, we, we've we've seen people do it. Uh, they, they try to get up uh, off the ground, and they just they just leave a leg or they leave an arm, and just and it's that little little moment. And you think it couldn't happen to someone with Gaston's experience, but it can happen to anybody. And uh, he got caught, you know, it's essentially getting like getting caught by a punch. He got caught by the submission. And, uh, and, and then by the way, I mean, by no means am I saying that this was lucky. Hermanson is, has great, right. great submission skills is absolutely a finisher. And, uh, man, yeah. Like Jose mentioned before, really bounced back from that cannoneer loss and has himself right back in the thick of that, that title picture as he himself illustrated after doing all the matchmaking for us, Mike. I mean, yes. it, it also, I want to add, like, it, we talk about it not being lucky, like veteran wherewithal to when you're dry, because that was the beginning of the fight. There's no sweat. There's no there's no blood. There's none of that. So if you see a leg and you know your opponent's dry, you're not going to not grab it and try to snap their ankle in half. So, yeah, props to Jack Hermanson for just showing veteran wherewithal to take advantage of a, a, a hanging heel in front of him. And Jack Hermanson said in the build up to the fight that he was glad that he got Kelvin Gaslam over Chris Weidman because Gaslam is the more relevant guy in the division. And that's just a huge notch on, on the old belt for Mr. Hermanson. But that's the winner. We got to talk about Kelvin Gaslam, Jose, because now he's lost three straight fights. He lost to Adesanya. He lost to Darren Till. And then he gets finished in just over a minute to Jack Hermanson. So. Man, we talked about J- Joseph Benavides being in a in a pretty tough spot. Calvin Gaslam, with the landscape of this division right now, he's in a really tough spot, is he not? It's he's in a tough spot, but it's it's rough because his loss. It's it, <laughs> it's it's looking at his trajectory. It's been it's bizarre. His fight against Israel Adesanya is what I is I consider one of the five greatest title fights i've ever seen in mma it's right up there with lawler mcdonald uh with jones gutson yoana and zhang wiley uh, that was the one of that performance is unbelievable if he didn't shoot him for that takedown against kelvin gastelum 
he could be champion uh, after he rocked him. Or if, if he had gotten the ability uh, to fight Robert Whittaker when Robert Whittaker fell out uh, in down in Australia, he might have been champion. So to go from a fight of the decade style fight to laying an egg against Darren Till in a very flat fight and very bizarre fight in, in Madison Square Garden, no less, to now getting heel hooked in less than, what, three minutes in the first round. Uh, in Abu Dhabi, it's like every step. It's not he's taking one step back. He's taking like 10 steps back in terms of his actual performance. So still relevant in the division. Is still a guy that could headline a fight night down the road. Speaks both two languages. Uh, hopefully uh, he has his USADA situation in check going forward. But very, very bizarre uh, trajectory for Kelvin. But I'm not taking it away from Jack Hermansen because, again, he took advantage of the situation and, and capitalized. But, yeah, I have no idea what the U- can, UFC can do with Kelvin Gaslam at this point. All right, AK, I don't know if we're going to touch on this fight on the new show because we have we're going to be breaking out Wednesday night's card as well. So we'll probably break down like six, seven, maybe eight of these bad boys. So if you are the matchmakers, if you are in the matchmaker hat right now, how do you book Calvin Gaston moving forward? I don't know if I have a specific name for him. I do feel like he is has now fallen to that sort of high level uh, gatekeeper role, which again, there's no shame in that. Like Jose said, you can still uh, have high profile positions on cards. You can still have high level opponents, but as far as the UFC viewing him as a serious contender, it's really, really going to be hard to do. Now, again, he he's young, you know, he, he he's, he's, fairly aged in fight years he's been around for a while uh but he doesn't turn actually turn 29 till october so you know as much damage as he's taken and he has been in some pretty high octane fights uh he's not out of his prime by any means again the results are tough and and a three-fight losing streak in the ufc is i mean normally a death sentence you know when you're not uh when you're not as high up ranked as he is because he is going to get more opportunities um so again i don't have a name but I do feel like he unfortunately will is in that position where guys will just be looking to make their name off of him and he'll be a quality opponent for for future up and comers. But, uh, you know, he's not an easy fight by any means. So he'll, he'll be a test. He'll be a test for people. I just don't know if we ever see him uh, get another number one contenders opportunity or, or title shot. Yeah, and it's it, it's kind of too bad that Brendan Allen got hurt so badly in his last fight, because I think Brendan Allen versus Kelvin Gaston would be pretty interesting. At 185, you know, Ian Heinish is there. So that's that, we that's, have. A, there's a lot of. There's also a lot of middleweight fights that are pretty much booked, like Romero and Uriah Hall. Like, what if they ran Kelvin and Uriah Hall back again? They they fought uh, in the tough finale. If you all mm-hmm. Romero beats Uriah Hall, they could yeah. run that back. If if you all Romero loses, what that's four in a row for him or something like that. Like that's a fight you can make right there. Sure. Shabazzian has a fight against Brunson. Supposedly Karanir still has a uh, shoulder surgery. Uh, Akmanov and Weidman have a fight. So I think yeah. if if the UFC wants to decide what they want to do, uh, they got to wait for a few fights to play out first. Does anyone think he can return to 170? Is that completely impossible? Well, I, I'm not gonna let. I'm not gonna put that on him. Uh, he hated that cut. And then I'll yeah. throw another thing out there. Like yeah, it's bad. It's him bad. and Robert Whitaker coached tough together. They were supposed to fight. If Robert Whitaker loses to Darren Till, like they've already been booked before. Like the history is there. Like I'm still gonna want to watch Robert Whitaker fight Calvin Gaslin at some point in my career. If if Whitaker comes up short to Darren Till, I'll make that fight too. But yeah, uh, no matchmaking for Calvin Gaslin for for at least the next two months. Fair enough. Let's uh, let's get to the the featured bout at 155. Mark Chikese versus Rafael Fiziev. Holy cow, Fiziev! That is a madman. It's like watching the Matrix when that guy fights, and he's been doing this forever. So this is nothing new if you follow this kickboxing career. But man, he came in. I, I think a lot of people overlooked him in this fight against Mark Chikese. I, I know that I did. Chikese's looked great in his last couple of fights, but man, Fiziev looked great and. 
if there's one guy who shined in an empty arena setting, hearing his shots land, it was that guy. What a performance from Fazeev tonight. AK, your thoughts on uh, on a great performance and a, and a big spot for him. You know, I was a big believer in the the more mature more wisened uh, Mark Chikese. But guess what? Maturity doesn't mean anything in MMA when you're dealing with an insane person, okay? <laughs> Fiziev, I knew he was a good striker, but like I, I think in the last fight I watched, just the one before this one, I was like, okay, there's a little there's a little bit of a wildness in him, but, uh, but he's the kind of guy he can afford to be wild because clearly his fundamentals are so strong. So when you see him doing stuff that looks like unorthodox, the, the, you know, the Matrix dodges, that's not something anyone could do. That's someone that you have to have experience. You know, you you either or, or the opposite. You're you're so inexperienced that you don't know that it's bad. But he's on the other end of it. He has all that uh, all that combat sports experience. He's a striking coach for I think Piotr Jan. I believe they said that on the broadcast. It tells you the kind of where, where you know the kind of base this guy is working from. You know, this guy teaches the best in the world. Um. So yeah, in retrospect. I mean, obvious pick should have been Fizzy. The guy, the little guy, looked fantastic, and and, and he 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 stopped uh, Jakizi's wrestling. That was that was really good to see. So it wasn't just like a straight up striking battle. Um, a lot to like there from Fizzy. Definitely one to watch. One fifty five. So many exciting matchups ahead for him. And Jose, on top of his great offense, we talked about the great defense too. The man's got a chin on him because he took some he big does. shots in that third round, especially. What did you think of a Fizzy's performance? This is definitely a breakout night for him. It was, and I'm really disappointed that he didn't get a post-fight media scrum because uh, it's like I was watching this, and the whole time I'm like, my God, this man is terrifying because I picked against him, not because I didn't think he was a good fighter, but uh, in my mind, like he got what spinning back kicks by Magomed Mustafev, I think, back in the one like the St. Petersburg or Moscow cards, I can't quite remember. Like he got decimated in that fight like that was a violent finish so in the back of my mind that's all i'm thinking about i knew he he has over 200 amateur muay thai fights he's like a three or four time uh champion he's a silver medalist in a muay thai tournament in like a muay thai championship tournament too so unbelievable striking i didn't know how great he would be in mma and dia casey like like alex said uh has has been talking about how he's matured he's 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 confident still of course but he's matured he's more cerebral with his fighting so in dia casey's he's put some people to sleep in incredibly violent fashion like their his opponents have literally toppled over so in the straight up mma fight i've assumed uh dia casey would hold the advantage but fiziev just blew me away he looked like a completely different fighter than i than we've seen in the ufc we knew he could do this but i am curious to see how he can if he can keep this up against a completely well-rounded uh mixed martial arts fighter that can threaten grappling threaten better takedowns that isn't just looking for that one like like because we all know dia casey needs one touch and you go to sleep if you can avoid that one touch you're fine if he can avoid if he fights someone physically that that can present more than just that tool it could be a, a big problem for him, but in terms of this night, A-plus performance, very disappointed he didn't capitalize it and do a media scrum, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, star-making star performance right there. And by the way, Fizio's chin. How about Jacizzi's midsection oh torso area? Yo, <laughs> guys, that those abs are not just for show, all right? Those abs saved his life because if, if, I, took, if I took a kick like that, it's freaking Mortal Kombat. All right, I'm getting split in two. <laughs> I would my, get – and it would explode all over the place. I would get split in half blocking one of those. <laughs> so he could tell me, he could be like, I'm going to kick you in the abs. <laughs> yeah. You can block it. And I would block it and I would still die. So that's how hard those punt, those kicks come at you. Maybe if you had one of those sparring pads. Nah, it's not going to make a difference. Like that little girl in that clip uh, where Overeem's where over, over kicking the little girl and she goes flying. That would be that would be me. I, I would just yeah. go flying across the room, probably into a wall. 100%. Those kicks are insane. 
All right, I'm going to give a spoiler matchmaker pick here for Fazeev. Jakar Close. I think that's I think that's a good one. You know, I will, I, I will take your Jakar Close, Mike. I will take your Jakar Close. I will raise you a comma worthy. Ooh, well, that's <laughs> yeah, a fun I'm one. I'm not going to say no to a Lando Venata fight either. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want to see Kama Worthy fight Lando Venata. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I don't hate that fight either. But there's a or oh, someone so said, uh, someone said David Tamer, one of the Tamer brothers, whichever one is at that weight class. David. I wouldn't mind seeing. I wouldn't mind seeing that fight either. Like again, that, that weight class is so stacked. I'll fight. I'll see him fight anyone. I would agree with that. So, uh, and then before that all happened, we got to see one of the nastiest submissions I've ever seen: Ariana Lipsky against Luana Carolina. Good lord, that leg lock was was nasty. And we're sitting there watching it. We're wondering how this is all going to play out and how she's going to be able to pull this off. Cause she was working for something and she was in such an awkward position. And then once Carolina's leg went straight up in the air, I was like, no, uh, no, 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 no. And it just got worse and worse. So AK, what was going through your mind as you're watching this submission actually unfold tonight? I don't know if we can get the, get the picture up. I don't know if the truck can get the picture up there of this, but it was, it was, a, it was a beauty of a submission. Uh, I, I said it was the most effed up position I'd ever seen in MMA. Uh, just off the top of it because it wasn't just it wasn't just the uh, the end of the fight. It wasn't just how it finished. Uh, Lipsky's own leg was like twisted inward. If people watch, it was twisted into her at like this weird angle. She, I guess she looked fine. You know, she's a flexible person, so it wasn't it wasn't the worst thing in the world for her. But she, I mean, it looked like she was going. There we go. So I don't know where even her. Oh, there. Okay, now you can see her own leg. It was in a worse position, I think, before she oh. got the submission going. That's that's lovely. And uh, but that is. <laughs> The other thing I want to point out is that just before that we you can find the clip on our website, it's all over, it's all over the internet right now. Just before she did it, she kind of looked to her side, maybe to her coaches uh, for instruction. But I, if you look at just the clip by itself, it almost looked like she was looking for permission. Like, is it le- is this is what I'm about to do here legal to do to another human being? And then it's just well, I'm just I'm going to do it. And then uh, she cranked on it, and it was absolutely horrifying. We've seen some slick submissions, some some really memorable submissions over the years, Jose. Uh, I think Demetrius Johnson in the Mighty Whiz Bar always sticks out to me in memorable submissions. But in terms of like painful looking submissions to watch them live on television, is this a top 10 for you or is, this, is that too uh, – give it a too much? Um, that's a good question. I, I can't answer that right now because I, I, I can't really – because there are certain submissions I've seen live, like a fight that – no one talks about ever that because it's not like one of those great submissions. But the uh, Anthony Burchak's uh, heel hook submission loss, I think to Ian Entwistle or something like that. That was on the Phoenix card. I was about five feet from that, and Anthony Burchak looked at me in my eyes when it happened. He was like, ah, he was like freaking out. It's like that would be burned into my eyes forever. So, but in terms of a female fight, this has to be up there. I mean, it was a weird angle when she was getting the angle. I'm like, why is she just giving up her back like this? Like I, I was very confused by the whole the whole uh, situation, and then she grabbed her leg and basically used it as a, a, a joystick pulling it back. It was, it was brutal. It was absolutely brutal. So in terms of women's MMA, one hundred percent. But in terms of overall MMA, I'd, I'd really have to sit down and think of it because, like, what what was that UFC two twenty eight? We had like two Suvlov stretches in the span of like an hour, but uh, with uh, Zabit and Alzerman Sterling both getting those. So yeah, but. I'd have to think about it, but if it is, it'd probably be closer to the 10 range than top five. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think what made that one worse was the empty arena. You could just hear Carolina scream, not just during the hold, but like 30, 45, a minute after the tap, she was still screaming at the top of her lungs. Like she was in some serious pain. There it is. I mean, look at that leg. Oh my gosh. Mike, I couldn't couldn't tell if that was her screaming or if it was me. 
That's that's <laughs> the problem. I, you say this treatment went on for a while. I'm not sure. It might I, it might have just been me. I just, yeah, that it would surprise it's me. The 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 submissions and knockouts that stick in my mind are usually the ones I'm there because I can hear it. Like I was in the arena for UFC 157 when, oh my god, I can't even remember. Was it Brock? I can't remember. He got like the the muffler stretch on like the leg that looked brutal. It's, so it's the ones that you can hear that like I was about five feet away from Anderson Silva's legs snapping in half too. So that will all never, that's like the grossest finish I've ever seen. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's that Ariana Lipsky fight queen of violence. I mean, she lived up to her name, I'd say so. Yep. And she proclaimed during her scrum that the queen of violence is back and she definitely proved that. So big things coming for her. I think she's, I wouldn't say she's like Amanda Hebas like that sort of level, yeah. but I think she's someone that the UFC needs to use with kid gloves, just slowly build her up. I think she could become something for them. She could, but they like, she had a lot of hype coming into the UFC. Well, she was a KSW champion, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So she was KSW champion. Then who she fight? Like, she fights like Joanne Calderwood and like Molly McCann, like right out of the gate. And I was like, as soon as she lost to Molly, I was like, she, this might be too big for her. And now that she's there kind of giving her, opponents not quite on that level i think like you said handle her with care if they want to build a star agreed ask her ask her off it's big oh go ahead go ahead Alex. want to throw a name out there again i don't know sure. like, stepping on her own toes but i'll just throw the name out we can elaborate at a later date if we choose to sabina mazo oh sabina I mazo. that fight i think that fight is super fun there we go well I done was, well done it's a lot oh. of fun we don't even need to talk about that fight because I'm agree. I'm 100% in agreement with you. Maybe we'll just mention it in passing when we, when we record the podcast. But uh, good win for Asker Askarov. That was uh, a statement win. It, it was it was a great performance from him. Uh, and then uh, Roman uh, Dalidze. I would say I would say Dalidze. Yeah. Dalidze. Good lord. What we learned tonight, if if we learned anything, is that when you're fighting this man. And the weigh-ins are done, and you're about to square off and face off with Roman. Don't don't act crazy, bro. Don't do it because bad things will happen, violent things will happen, and uh, that's what happened tonight. He looked great. Grant Dawson, that guy is such a monster. That he's so big. If he wants to go to 145, if he gets like his what his post fight scrum needs eight to twelve weeks, eight to ten weeks or whatever, if he can get back to 145 healthy. It's basically like when Anthony Johnson fought a welterweight. The mm. dude is too big for the division. But if he can do it healthy, why not? I'm not going to tell him not to, but I, my body's going to hurt watching him weigh in. But dude's going to be a savage in that weight class if he decides to keep going back down there. Yeah, he's. I've been following this guy for years, and uh, he just gets better and better with each fight. And you know, Nad landed some big shots. We got to see Grant sort of test it a little bit in the in the chin department, and he took things pretty well. And then it just became the Grant Dawson show. He put him on his back, he bloodied him up, and and just wore him down for 15 minutes, and and gets a big win. Uh, he looks he looks like an incredibly unpleasant person to fight. I mean, fighting anyone is unpleasant, but he has that kind of top game where he's not going to sit in your guard if you throw your guard. So I've, I've thrown my guard up. I've, it's Okay, I've slowed down. No, he's not slowing down his attack to your guard. He's trying to pass. He's throwing crap down on all kinds of crap down on you. It, I mean, your cardio better be on point. Otherwise, I, I can see why he's you know his last two fights, second round submission because he's just re- like those first. If you get that first round, you have top control that he usually gets. It, it, you're done. I mean, your gas tank is just drained. So it's, we very, we like yeah, to call that getting big brothered. 
Yeah, that's what he's that's what he that's what he's been doing to people. I'll tell you, holy cow! He's a welterweight fighting at one forty five. If he like fights it. these one forty, <laughs> if he fights these one forty fivers, and he's tr- he said like I'm bigger than a welterweight right now. So he's walking around at like one seventy nine. If he enters the octagon at like one seventy nine, one eighty, he's fighting featherweights. Like it's gonna be a big issue because no one's gonna be able to control. Like like you said, if he gets on top of you, that's a wrap for most fighters. He's uh he's definitely a guy to watch. Um. Joel Alvarez had a had a great submission win. Finished Joseph Duffy, and it was the uh, final fight of Joe Duffy's career tonight. That was uh, some some sad news to to come out of tonight's event. So good win for Alvarez. Joe Duffy's always been a fun guy to watch. Uh, Jose, any any good Joe Duffy stories over the years? Um, I've seen. I've never watched him win live. But I've obviously seen because all the fights that he's won, I've not been at. So I was at his James Vick TKO. I was at his Dustin Poirier decision loss. So I have not had the fortune uh, of interviewing Joe Duffy off a win. But I vividly remember watching his UFC debut. I think Jake Lindsay was his name. And he had like that left head kick, which like stunned him. And then he followed up with like a left hook to the body. And then he crumples down and then he just unloads like another uppercut to the face. And that was a wrap. So Joe Duffy's most violent win was his UFC debut. And I really wish he had made the jump to the UFC sooner and not just kind of, I don't want to say piggybacks, but he kind of joined the UFC after the Conor McGregor show kind of exploded. If he was there for the whole Irish rise of MMA, he could have been a lot bigger of a deal. But uh, if you haven't watched Joe Duffy's previous career, before the UFC, like he's beaten Conor McGregor. He's beaten Norman Park. He's a great fighter. Uh, if you're, so don't base your thoughts on Joe Duffy off his last three losses because he was an extraordinarily fun fighter to watch in the past. And a good win for Joel Alvarez. And uh, I thought his post-fight scrum was was pretty funny. He wants to yeah. be the underdog for his whole career just because friends can bet on him and he can make them some extra money. So I thought that was very unselfish of him. But, uh, but a good win for him. He sends Joseph Duffy off to... You know, off to greener pastures, onto uh, onto another thing. But what did you think of his performance tonight, AK? Uh, Alvarez. Alvarez, yes. I thought he looked great. He's got he's got uh, really good measurements for a 155er. Uh, yeah. I think uh, people were telling Esther on the uh, weigh-ins uh, during the live weigh-ins uh, that we did on Friday that that Alvarez was a lock, and I'm not sure if they were just trolling or they knew something that I didn't know. But uh, I mean, he certainly looks he certainly looked like a lock. Uh, first round submission of a, a tough veteran in, in under under two and a half minutes. So uh, I don't have a lot to say about the performance other than man, uh, 17 and two now. You can't argue against the results. Uh, I think I'm just looking here. He's six feet tall. He looks like a solid. Yeah. Yeah. Rangy, rangy, six feet tall. So there's a lot to like about him. Uh, and, it, you know, and I'll just add on to the, you know, happy trails to, for uh, Joseph Duffy. He was one of the last opponents of uh, a Canadian guy, Mitch Clark, who was a, who was a big yes. Canadian name uh, heading into the UFC. And so uh, and uh, and now Duffy himself, sort of an honorary Canadian. So uh, we certainly welcome him if he decides to, to stay and, and make a life here. Yeah, I, I do want to add, I think Joe Duffy was the biggest betting favorite at one point. I don't oh. know if that's how it ended. But at one point, he was like a minus 350, which was the biggest uh, betting favorite. But I don't know how those lines ended. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of people thought Joe Duffy was going to win that fight. Is Alvarez the one – I'm trying to remember because there's just so many things to remember here in terms of fights and all these different events. But is, is Alvarez the one with the, the crazy leg tattoos? Oh, that's it. I don't remember. <laughs> Did you have to bring that up? Yes, I think, yeah, I think you're – You have think, to bring that up. That was a real bad one. Someone said – I think it was uh, Bloody Elbows, Trent Reinsmith. Don't get a, a mesh tattoo like that if you don't want it to look like you're wearing fishnets. 
And uh, and there was other stuff too. It wasn't just that. Below that, there was all kinds of other stuff. It reminded me also of the Predator, I guess, in a way, but not in a cool way, like kind of in a, how the Predator's legs look weird way. So uh, uh, you know what? You can't whatever. You know what? You, I've never won a UFC fight before, and if that's the kind of tattoos you have to have to to beat a guy like Joe Duffy, live your life, Joel Alvarez. You know what you're doing. There you go. Brett Johns gets a nice win over Montel Jackson, and uh, that one kind of surprised me. I think we we learned something about Montel Jackson tonight. That guy has potential up the wazoo, but he's just got to, I don't know. There's something, there's something there that's just kind of blocking him a little bit. That's just kind of holding him back. And, uh, but he's just a massive guy. His, his hands are just huge. They're so strong, but Brett John's great performance was able to, to neutralize Montel Jackson. Uh, Amir Albazi, great triangle exhibition over Malcolm Gordon. And, uh, I think, I, I think the sentimental star of the night from the Mm -hmm. prelims was, uh, was Sarukian. Oh, 100%. 100%. I remember, so I watched, when he fought Islam Makachev, I thought Makachev was going to destroy him because I think, was that Sarukian's what, first or second? First UFC. First 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 UFC. His UFC debut. In Moscow, Habib sitting there, and then after the fight, he lost, but Habib even went up and shook his hand. like, you're a good (laughs) fighter. This might have just been too too big of, like, too big of a bite right out of the gate. And then I think his next fight was at UFC 240, right? In Edmonton. Yeah. yeah. Olivier Omar Mercier. And you, of course, I think AK picked uh, OAM. I did not. I did not. Really? Okay. I, well, I, I definitely, picked, yeah, I think um, a lot of people were talking about like, what's an upset. I'm like, I think Sarukian is going to be a big issue in that weight class just because of his UFC debut. He looked, it was one of those fights. He looks phenomenal, but he lost and not a lot of people watched it because it was on a Moscow card. So it really did him a disservice because I think a lot of people overlooked him in that fight. And he, me and Esther were like on the weigh-in show. Someone was like, what fight on the prelims are you most excited for? And we were both like, Sarukian is an problem in that division and my god he looked he looked physically like he's perfect for the weight class uh lightweight and davi hamas is of course a big a, a name veteran he's he's fought in abu Dhabi before but yeah sarukian is going to be a big issue 155 pounds yeah i love that performance he he fought a beautiful beautiful fight ramos is a very very dangerous guy sarukian he's only 23 he turns 24 in october i think uh people got to know before the ufc uh, he had wins over Takanori Sato, uh, yeah. Junior Junior Asunsao, uh, Felipe Oliveira is also a former UFC guy. So he was beating UFC level talent before, and this was so this is when he was like 21 or 22. Uh, and then so I knew he wasn't going to beat Makachev, but I was like, this he's going to put up a fight. This kid is super talented. I didn't know his stand up was this good. Like he showed off some stuff in the stand up today that was sensational, and the and the way he's gonna he's just gonna get better and, and keep mixing it up with his wrestling, which is already elite. I, I, it is. Not an exaggeration to say this guy's a future world title contender. He's as, as long as they keep matching him up right and don't rush him in anything uh, uh, too soon. But he is written, he's 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 at his level now. It's unfortunate for him. I don't think anybody wants to fight him. <laughs> yeah, it's a yeah, tough matchup for him. It's gonna be right a now. problem. Yep, it's gonna be a big issue because like I'm I want to see him fight a ton of guys. Like I want to see him fight like the Alexander Hernandez and the Drew Dobers of the world and the Benil Dariushes. But like who wants that fight against a 23 year old unranked? That's a monster. It's a great point. Uh, and then the night kicked off with, with Sergey Spivak defeating Carlos, uh, Philippe. And it was funny cause I was, I'm in Boston right now visiting my family and I was watching that fight with my little brother and he watched that third round. He goes, oh, Spivak's usually going to get a decision. I go, Brian, mark my words. There's going to be a draw in there somewhere. I guarantee it. And there was one judge scored it a draw. I was like, two, one judge is going to give Carlos the first two rounds. It's going to be hilarious. It's, it, sure enough, that's what happened. So that was kind of a weird fight to watch because 
Spivak just kept hitting Carlos over and over again. He just kept shaking his head, saying no and walking <laughs> forward. But that was a, an interesting heavyweight matchup to start things off. Whoops, we're shaking. Sorry. Uh, let's go to the truck. We got questions. We got comments. Oh, oh, that's an old question. Dean's ice cream choice. I like that <laughs> answer, by the way. It was the correct answer. I listened to the A side on the way down. Hello, gentlemen. All right. Oh, let me. Questions. EKC, are you wearing a Mirko shirt? Yeah. Look at that. That's sick. It's got a little uh, a foot, you know, for the gun. You know? <laughs> okay. It has a foot. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah, yeah I get, get it. Get it. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. He's a co- he's a cop with his head kicks. Yeah. All right, cool cop. Yeah. yeah. All right. Here's some Croatia too. <laughs> what are the peeps got to say? I'll I'll see. I'll just do this informally right now. Someone said, Jose, did you see your tweet on TV? You had a, you had several on TV. Oh, there it is. Yeah. Wait, wait. Yeah, uh, I, think I, I think I was on once or twice. Wait, let's go. Okay, Mr. Heck, how many tweets have you gotten on a broadcast? Several. Probably like three or four. Really? And it's always like, like I got a bunch like in the first couple of cards, and then it just stopped. <laughs> and it has to be like clever tweets for me to get up there. Like when when uh, Maurice Green submitted John Vellante, I said Maurice Green just crocheted himself a bizarre submission. That one. Oh, that's that's account. making it for sure. <laughs> My my Sarukian tweet didn't make the broadcast. What I was did like, you say about Saruk- Oh, Starukian. Yeah, I said if that you, was too confusing. Like, in, in the next year or two, you're gonna have to reverse the S and the T in his name because oh. this guy's a problem. Star- it took me a minute. Sarukian. It took me a minute. It took me a minute. I, I retweeted that from our from our account, and uh, and I think people just got mad because uh, yeah. I think I I don't think I think our readers were like, whoa, whoa, I'm, I'm here to watch fights, not spell. Come on, Mike Hex. So <laughs> strategic mistake. Second one. That's all right. Hey, but, I, yes. I, t- I t- okay. He came in the broadcast tonight. He came in the broadcast. An incredible what? insight about Armand Sarukian. <laughs> Armand Sarukian is serious. Hashtag UFC Fight Island 2. <laughs> Boom. Throw it up there. Throw it up. Some, the, That's some all you deep, need. Some deep analysis there, Alex. Serious. Mm. I need that Ryan Frederick love. That guy gets tweets on every fight, every round. Casey, you, you were saying your own, your own efforts. Casey, your own efforts to get on? What, what's the I, problem? I tried my best. I, 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 I mentioned Otter Pops like five times. <laughs> Nothing from Otter Pops. I didn't get a, I didn't get an RT. Didn't get a favorite from Otter Pops. Those mm. guys, the the social media team of Otter Pops, whatever flavor that that social media member is, like sucks. And, it's the uh, uh, Casey's the Casey is to Otter Pops as CM Punk is to the WWE ice cream bars. <laughs> I I hashtag Stay Curious, even though no one knows what that is. <laughs> nothing, nothing. Is anyone no working love. over there in Abu Dhabi? This is insane. <laughs> Uh, you should. There's only room for one mustache journalist on yeah, the tweets, apparently. Casey. There you go, Casey. You just need to say like, "I can't wait to visit Abu Dhabi someday." Hashtag UFC Fight Island something. You'll Ooh. get on the broadcast. I did. I even said, "Oh, I can't wait to jump on a flight to Fight Island and, and fly beautiful Etihad Airlines." <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, what do the peeps got to say? Maybe their tweets made the broadcast. <laughs> All right, you know. Uh, Uh, <laughs> Chuck, get it together. Oh. Just, <laughs> Who are your favorite fighters? Wow, we're getting, oh. we're getting just, just general. Just right. generally? So, uh, Rookie might be one of my new favorite fighters after tonight. I mean, Joseph Benavidez still is. I mean, for, was one of my favorite fighters for sure heading into tonight. Still is. Uh, you know, we've said before how, how great his story is and just how, how you know, what, what a good character he seems to be. And he's always put on entertaining fights. Let's not just make this a sentimental thing. You can yeah. go through Joseph Benavides' whole fight library. 
his fights are awesome. <laughs> I will say that like before I started covering the sport and was like really watching as a fan, Frankie Edgar was my guy. Yeah, still. Oh, yeah. Still. I picked him to beat Zombie. That's right. That's right, YouTube. I picked him to beat Zombie. All right. And you I never also picked it. him to beat Max Holloway. I think I picked him to beat Max Holloway. <laughs> I don't think I've ever picked against him. Because I, I remember on our in our preview yeah. show, you were like, uh, "I can't wait! I can't wait to ask a Frankie Edgar. Uh, I can't wait to ask Frankie Edgar what it feels like to have a featherweight championship around his waist." Oh, I got I got to ask that you this, so AK. Sad. Let's just let's just say Frankie Edgar doesn't do well at 135 and has to go back up to 45. Who would you who would you pick in a fight between Ryan Hall and Frankie Edgar? That is about as sentimental as it gets for you, buddy. Like who do I want to win, Frankie Edgar? Who would you pick? Who would you pick? Who's going to win, Ryan Hall? Because Ryan Hall is unbeatable. All right, I'm I like Frankie Edgar, but I'm not. I, I have. To, I'm also an MM, a quote unquote certified MMA expert, and Ryan Hall doesn't lose. So I mean, I just have to say Ryan Hall by default. Would you say he's serious? Let me tell you something. That's getting on the Ryan Hall is serious. <laughs> I thought you'd, whatever. I, I thought you'd abstain from that fight altogether. No, no, yeah, I don't pick against the wizard. We're going to backtrack a little bit for what we talked about, so for, for the newer viewers. That's all right. But, um, here we go. Jose, who do you think should be next for Hermanson? Uh, I like the, the scenario he laid out. I really want to see him fight the winner okay. of Robert Whitaker. Um, and Darren Till, uh, it just depends, like, because the cost, uh, uh, the Adesanya cost fight was also announced uh, during the broadcast, UFC 243 in September. Of course, uh, the Till Whitaker fight is next weekend, so they're not quite on the same timeline, but close enough. If they, if like I, like Adesanya cost is just an insane fight, and it goes back and forth, and someone gets hurt, and they just, you know, it's hard to match make before fights even happen. Uh, so Hermanson versus the winner of Till Whitaker, I think, makes a lot of sense. And like you said, the winner of Costa and Adesanya will fight Cannoneer, but I don't think that's gonna happen because Cannoneer's hurt, and Adesanya's on record saying he needs one more fight. So Cannoneer versus whoever when he comes back. So I kind of like Hermanson's little uh, scenario he laid out. It's interesting because I, I honestly think if Darren Till goes out there and finishes Robert Whitaker, he's I agree. next in line regardless. I agree, but it, it depends on – I would say it depends on how he wins because uh, yeah. Adesanya Costa hasn't happened yet because like you, we just saw Kamar Usman fight Jorge Masvidal. Kamar Usman now has a six-month medical suspension, and he won. He's still the champion and not an insane fight. So I, it's really hard for me to make um, fights over fights that haven't happened considering uh, we don't know what their medical suspensions will be. That's true. I would like to see Hermanson versus the winner, especially if it's um, Edmund Shabazian versus oh. Derek Brunson. Don't forget about don't forget about Shabazian. You took it from me. Oh, you took yeah. it. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, uh, look, I'm just going to split the middle with what the two guys just said. Obviously, if Till jumps the line with an impressive win over Whitaker, then Casey's absolutely right. Uh, then you have to either Hermanson will wait, which I don't think he wants to do. He seems like he wants to stay active, and he'll have to take on um, a Shabazian, uh, Derek Brunson winner. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. We with also that. have Ryan Hall and Romero coming up. Jacques Reyes has to come back at some point after his COVID scare, and then Weidman and Akhmadov are also throwing down. So there's again, we said this before. There's a lot of middleweight fights that have to happen before we can. Anderson Silva, Anderson Silva. Where's Anderson Silva? I'll watch Anderson, Anderson Silva? Silva fight anyone. <laughs> the Joker versus the Spider. We didn't. Um, Silva three, make it happen. You mentioned earlier, but we, text, we didn't get this question from the uh, from a from a commenters, but um, for Kelvin. I would like to see Kelvin versus um, Marvin Vittori. Oh, no, they're same camp. Same, same camp. And they have the same mind. camps. They're going to say everything. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, More. <laughs> 
We need uh, the Price is Right loser theme. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. Okay, uh, this is classic. We already got fans asking for um to go up and wait. Oh, we're going super fights already. Or Davis's chances against Jan. Um, I don't want to answer this question because Jan has to fight Algermain next, and Davidson has to fight someone to fly away. So, what are his chances? Great, because like the Duke hits hard, but I think Jan's better. I think Jan wins, but it's not like Davidson doesn't have a shot. That dude has dynamite in his hands. Wait, what right, do you so- mean? What do you mean that uh, he has to fight Aljamain next? That's not what Dana White has said. Dana White has made. I've, I haven't heard Dana White say that uh, he has to fight Aljamain. White also so. said women would never fight in the UFC. <laughs> All right, Jose. Let me ask you this: Who should who, Davison's first title defense? Who's who's earned that shot? Is it Alex Perez? Yeah, I would say Alex Perez. Uh, it, it's going to come down to Perez, Moreno, and of course Askar Askarov. Right. Perez. Uh, if if Pantoja had won, maybe, but they had already fought. Uh, uh, well, David Figueroa already beat Pantoja UFC 240, so it's going to come down to Askarov, Moreno, and Perez. Perez had an awesome win over Jose uh, Formiga at the Apex, so I personally would love to see Perez uh, throw down uh, with Figueroa. I think Perez is still like he's not he's a flyweight, but he's still a bigger flyweight than a lot of these other guys. So yeah, I like that fight a lot. How long will the 125 pound division hang on by this thread? Oh. How dare you? I, I love the flyweight division. I'm sorry. I love this this, this, this question is insulting, but in, in, in but I understand to Noah White. Yes, exactly. I, I think understand. he means. I think the worst popularity. The worst case scenario is Figueroa misses weight again for a title fight as a champion. I think yeah. that would be horrendous. Yeah, but you know, but yeah, I, I feel like so until this, that happens, I feel like it's Groundhog's Day with this with this whole men's flyweight division. We go like, remember uh, Cejudo versus uh, TJ? We're like. Oh, this is, is this this is for the flyweight division, and then it had the most exciting knockout and the quickest finish, and then we're like, oh, the flyweights are here, and then what? We're a year and a half later, and now we're in the same thing. Oh, the flyweight division again, and then we had the most brutal knockout and one of the quickest finishes of the night, and we're still we still have to have this discussion, and we're gonna have this discussion again in a year again, you know. So yeah, listen, they're not they're not gonna headline pay per views, and uh, I'm, I'm okay with that. If we we're gonna head we're gonna headline the ESPN Plus car with the flyweight title fight, or make it a co-main event, or a third title fight on a pay per view card, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm down for all of that. We got some good we get some good flyweight fights coming up. We got a uh, Tyson Nam versus Matt Schnell. That's gonna be a ridiculous fight at 25. I can't wait for that one. That's gonna be violence and quickness and. Bizarro world. I'm excited for that fight. Yeah, I, I still think it's a division that they can push a little more. Look, uh, people are always going to have uh, the casual viewer, I guess, is always going to have this bias against a smaller fighter. I don't believe that. I believe if you have the right personality and you push them right, I think you can you can make anyone a star. But again, whatever that seems to be uh, the sentiment among people. Because I I mentioned before, how has how was this the first time Alexander Pantoja was on a main card? Considering how exciting he's a finisher, he's a contender. You have to push like you, it's. I know there's not as big a difference between televised main card and televised prelims anymore. I understand that, but there is still. Uh, it still sends a message, a subtle and unmistakable message that w- what you think of this fighter if you don't put them in the main card and fans pick up on that. So I wish they'd done more. Th- like this is exactly how things should go. You have two contenders on there with two, uh, you know, two guys fighting for a championship in that division in the main event, and then it, it's you. It's so easy to form a narrative from there. But when you keep shoving these guys in the prelims and not building them up, that's why we have uh, no people like Noah White here of course asking this question is this division always hanging by a thread and, and in some ways it is but it doesn't have to be there's nothing inherently wrong with it it's just a marketing issue i don't think it can add any more to that who's next Askarov, moreno or perez triple threat I mean, match if they 
I watched any of those three <clears throat> fight uh, Davidson, Figueredo, Askarov, and Moreno fought to a draw, if I remember correctly. Uh, in Mexico, it was in Mexico City. Was it that card? So if they want to run that back, since they fought to a draw and Perez fights Figueredo as like kind of little for a final four, I wouldn't hate that whatsoever. Yeah, I agree with that 100. percent AK must as well. Oh, you saved oh, it. You saved oh it. I, I didn't know you threw. I didn't know you threw to me. I'm sorry. I, I like Perez. <laughs> I like the Perez option that was mentioned before as well. But Askarov really showed me a lot tonight. I I wouldn't object at all to Askarov oh. just getting that title shot outright. I'd be like, yeah, cool. I I think Perez is the right choice. But well, according to Guillermo Cruz, Figueroa's already angling for Cejudo at 135, or asking the UFC to bring back Demetrius Johnson. So okay, say what you will that the UFC champion is not calling out his contenders again. Mm-hmm. Who would you guys trade for? Oh, look at this question. Who would you guys you trade go. from the UFC to get Demetrius back and fight Figueredo? Oh. Now we want the now we want that's the trade good. back. Now we that's want the trade back. back. Who would you trade to one? Mm. Well, it seems like most people aren't putting the flyweight division on this high pedestal, and that it would include Demetrius Johnson. So, where do we value him? I, I mean, it was Ben Askren for Demetrius before. I mean, Anthony Pettis. Can we sign it? Can we sign and trade PBZ? Anthony Pettis. Ooh, Anthony Pettis. That's a pretty. That's actually a really good one. No, can they re-sign? If they, when someone said if, you, if if trades were allowed and and, and this doesn't have to do with Demetrius Johnson, I was like, uh, if you could make another trade, who would you be? I was like, I would trade Anthony Pettis for Lance Palmer right now. If uh, USC to PFL, uh, but it's obviously never going to happen. But yeah, Anthony Pettis or Demetrius Johnson, why not? AK, do you have a response to that? Well, I, I, so I'm sorry. I was just interrupting there. I was saying, uh, can, can they not sign and trade uh, Paige Van Zandt, sign her back just to trade her? Wouldn't that be wouldn't that be hilarious? Um, <laughs> because everyone is saying like, oh, well, they sent Sage over there. So wouldn't would they, maybe they maybe one wants someone like Paige because there, there's I don't know. I guess they're always going to be associated with each other. The, the Paige and Sage show just because I guess their age and how they were pushed and um, their names rhyme. We're a simple people. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, I think that would be that would be. Sort of like the equivalent of what happened with the Askren Demetrius Johnson. Well, I shouldn't say that. You know, Van Zandt, as, as skilled as she is, is not as accomplished as Ben Askren was over in in one one. Uh, he was a world champion, of course, in multiple promotions. Um, but I mean, as far as from a marketing perspective, it could, it could kind of work that way. You could you could easily say that Paige Van Zandt is more well known to the average Joe than than Demetrius Johnson is. So um, that's really the first thing that came to my mind. But you I, want to do I, a sign and trade, Paige Van Zandt, sign, sign and trade. Johnson? <laughs> yes, sign and trade. This is they do this in real sports all the time. Uh, yes, a sign and trade. I think you're going to have to include more in your package to get the number one flyweight in the world. Jerem Toro, this is a really good question. Can we can we linger on this for a moment while you, while you guys share? I'm looking. I'm just looking at the roster right now. This is a really good question. I would like to trade. I know it's not going to happen because this is never going to happen. Trade Demetrius for Cejudo's contract. So Cejudo goes to one, but then he's allowed to box, but he can do MMA over there, so he can still do other things like pro wrestle. Now, because he's so because the UFC contract is so restrictive. So I'm just saying, but. It ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I love the Pettis idea. I think that I actually think that makes makes a lot of sense. Do they really need Connor anymore? Can they trade Connor? Tentatively, still under. You don't. You just don't need these, him. All any. these retired fighters. Just give him all these. What about uh, uh, a son's uh, Dos Anjos RDA? Doesn't he train at Evolve MMA a lot over in Singapore? I think that I think that was a relationship for a while, but I'm not sure okay. if that still goes on. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I think right. Jose's got a couple. Jose's on the right track. That's a good here. question. You can just start <laughs> calling it the general manager of these chats. <laughs> That's a good, that is All a right. great question. Okay. That's such a good question. 
this is a long time commentary. It doesn't have to do with tonight's card, but she really wants us to talk about this, so we're gonna go a little off card. All right. Which scenario is more likely? Sugar Sean knocking out Cheeto Vera or Cheeto Cheeto Vera submitting Sugar Sean? Oof. Probably the, the former. Tonight. Probably the former. More likely? I think Sugar Sean can knock out anyone at 135 right now. If he touches. Yeah. And Vera gets better as the fight goes on. So yes. if if he can survive that that storm and get it to the third round, I don't know if he finishes Sugar, Sugar Sean. Sugar Sean is really good on the ground. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. If you, so if, yeah, if you pick one, I mean, I'm picking I'm picking Sugar Sean over knocking out Vera, unfortunately for Vera, but I would actually pick him on the ground too, most likely too. Sugar Sean is so long and lanky and. Like he is so big for 135. He reminds me of Connor fighting 145 when he emerged. Like the dude cracks. He's huge and he's going to be a superstar. So yeah, Sugar Sean, I favor him in both of those and on the ground or the feet. I love this fight a lot. I think we're going to, you know, and I feel like I, I, and much like Connor, I think every fight Connor had, it was like, Oh, now we're going to see if he's for real. And I remember there's like this one meme that was put out. It was like, Connor just, oh, now he's going to fight this guy. Now he's going to fight this guy. And then the last thing was after he beat Aldo was uh, now he's going to beat the Undertaker at WrestleMania and he he can he can do it all. So I like this will be a good test for him. This is like a, a legit test. Wyland was a good step up. I think this is like the perfect step up, too. So we're going to see where Sugar Sean really is because Vera is a is a savage and he's uh he's going to he's going to test Sean. No doubt about it. So but I favor O'Malley in that fight. Question for everybody on the panel. Who has the flyweight strap one calendar year from right now? Valentina Shevchenko. <laughs> Men and women. So she'll, she'll take both belts. <laughs> good answer. Easy, that's easy question. Right easy there. question. To ask. Why would you? That's weird. That's a weird men. question. All right. We'll, we'll go with the men. Oh, I guess context-wise, I should have known. He's probably okay. referring to the men's. <laughs> So at, on July 18th at 8.37 p.m. Pacific time, uh, Davis and Figueroa will probably have the flyweight championship of the world. If, if, I, it, if there's still a division, according to some of our viewers. You know why? You know what? If, if I'm going to say, I, I, I'm gonna say Brandon Moreno will be the champion one year from right now. I want to say that. Assassin, baby. Um, no, it'll be Demetri Johnson after he comes back in the Anthony Pettis, in the Anthony Pettis trade. So. <laughs> to the signing trade. <laughs> if, uh, I think it's for Anthony Pettis. Paige Van Zandt signed a trade and Henry Cejudo's contract. It's a big, big trade. If Brandon Moreno wins the flyweight, fly, uh, flyweight championship of the world, I want him to put in a po- uh, uh, what do you call it, a comma after the assassin. So it's just the assassin, baby. baby. <laughs> Not more, the assassin, baby. More of a statement than yeah. A, like I'm know. an assassin guy. This is the best post show ever. I'm gonna say in one year we're gonna have two former rising champs as the UFC champs, Manoa Case. Oh. I don't know. We'll have the flyweight title. And then Yuri will have the 205 title. Well, I don't know if people heard that. He said Manel Cape and Yuri Prohachka. Manel Cape, I was thinking of him. I just don't think it'll happen in a year. He would have to shoot up there quickly. Yeah. I think in like two years for sure he could be there, but I don't think in one year. You don't believe. Yeah, be, that's tough. To ask. Figure. I mean, don't believe. There's a lot of. I mean, there's three. There's three guys who could who could fight for the belt right now. So there's at least two title defenses you're gonna have to make before Cape's even in that conversation. So. I'm not Cape fight Joe B. There you go. He's fight. He's fighting. Um, is he on? Two, he's on two fifty two, yeah. right? Yeah, he, he has a he has a fight against a name I'm not familiar with actually. Rod Von Von Turin? 
Yeah, I, I'm not. I know he's fighting Rogerio. Before, is he but... fighting Rogerio Bontarin? Oh, he is. I think so. Yeah. Yes, he is. Correct. Yeah, UFC 252. There we I go. Know, I don't know very much about his opponent. It's good. It's a tough fight. That's tough fight. What else we got? Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, Joe B says he's not retiring. Good for Joe. Sir, sir, Sarukian impressed me today. I think you impressed everybody tonight. Yeah, he's a uh, 23 years old and man, uh, lightweight, right? And yep. What, 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 I am 14 years older than that guy. <laughs> that frightens me. What was this? Why did he get a late notice fight to fight Markachev? I believe it was. Don't quote me on that. I I, I will look right now. Like I do, I do match. believe. It seems like a weird matchup. Um, I think he did have to step in uh, for something. I'll just, let me just check that right now. Uh, talk amongst yourselves while I do uh, do you know what, what we in the in the MMA media <laughs> business call research uh, for you guys watching at home. Uh, what type what of no? milk do you use in your coffee? This is a, uh, listen, D one two five. No milk. Zero milk. I like my I like my coffee so black as an event horizon. Okay, <laughs> take it from the pot, put it in the mug, and hand it to me. It's so black that I can send a ship through, and it pops out on the other side of the wall, breaking the space time continuum. I do not put nothing in my coffee. I'm not gonna get as des- as descriptive as that, but I was <laughs> you spoke for all of us black coffee drinkers. <laughs> The barista t- today. Barista um, brand. Right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Casey, what is your incorrect answer on what you put in your coffee? You're gonna skim milk it, aren't you? Barista. It's the barista brand oat milk. That's incorrect. It's black coffee. No, it's not. <laughs> you can have a. You can have the Visible. second best answer in what you put in a coffee. It just what? happens to be second Esther, best. What did you say? Esther's yelling at me. I'm saying you're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, she's saying, "Why did I marry you? Who put stuff oh, in coffee?" Well, first of oh, all, everyone settle down. Everyone settle down. <laughs> uh, I, 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 as everyone's waiting to hear the the Armin Sarukian is on Makachev. Uh, it was he was not replacing someone, but the fight was not, uh, I believe, booked until about a month before yeah. uh, the card. So it was essentially some sort of short notice thing they had to put together. D one two five. What type of bad liquid do you put in your coffee? <laughs> oh, you just go with oat milk. Oh, we have some help, very funny answers that I will not read out loud. <laughs> oh, man, man. What else we got? Oh, you know, you didn't talk about, I mean, as much as Lipsky's knee bar was freaking awesome and so violent, dude, her Manson got screwed. Oh, as a, from a, bo- yeah, from a no bonus perspective. Wow. I mean, yeah. I mean, bigger spot, bigger spot, much higher ranked opponent, underdog. I mean. Jeez, guys. <laughs> Surprising. Yeah. I mean, you had to give it to Figgy. Uh, you know, uh, Figgy has a great submission as well. Great moment. Me. But uh, yeah, it's, it seems wrong not to give her man some. This is like that night when those two uh, Sulawev stretches somehow didn't get uh, yeah. bonuses, right? It's like sometimes it's just the math doesn't work out in someone's favor. But let's hope the UFC takes care of uh, her Manson. It's and as that. shocking as learning someone Extra. puts things in their coffee. Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, uh, D- DBS or whatever. Oh, man, thanks, thanks for asking. Thanks for Thanks, guys. Thanks for bringing up that question because now Jose will not shut up about this for at least a week. So thank you guys for bringing it up. What does the G the, stand for? Good idea? <laughs> this is the 2020 variation of uh, pineapple on pizza, ladies and gentlemen. That's I was awesome. there for that. Like, what's so, doing? What are you doing? Why, don't get I, know. I, I was there. Don't I sat right next started. to him in New York as this what? whole freaking conversation was going on. What are it was, you uh, doing? I know. Yeah, that's I, also an incorrect way to eat pizza. I think Volkanovski was Alexander Volkanovski was on record saying he liked it. I was like, wow, it's unfortunate that he's going to be champion and wrong. Yeah, Hermanson definitely, definitely earned yeah, it. 100. Well, listen, 
Well, but let's AK kind of answer this, maybe answer this question for us. Did you ask the truck to pull up the photo of Hermanson's submission tonight, AK? Or did you have the truck pull up the, the, the photo of, of Lipsky's submission? Correct. You're, yes, you're correct. That's so a good there you go. You know what? I, I, th I think Carolina, is it Carolina, their opponent? Yeah. I think she deserves maybe 10% of that bonus for making that face. Because you know, seriously, because without the, if she just went, oh, oh, knee bar, tap, tap, thank you, good fight. No, no, she doesn't win the bonus. The fact that you get, you got the pain, you got the real, pain, you, get, you felt it inside. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was that was a bad one. So it takes it takes two yeah, to create a horrible MMA moment, much much like the main event. Like we said, uh, Joseph Benavidez not tapping, and unfortunately yeah, passing out in, in grisly fashion. The camera right in there, getting that shot of uh, unfortunately his, his that vacant look in his eyes. So screenshots all over the place. I'm sure someone has a good photo of it as well. Um, so yeah, it takes two, like, like Casey just said. Uh, keep, move on, Casey. Move on. I'm telling you, <laughs> move the on. screen. Matthias <laughs> Martinez, you are a buffoon who who likes. Who likes terrible things in this world? No. Matazzi, I will not let him ban you from the chat. You'd say whatever you want. Mart I will not let him. Martini, not well, not whatever you want, but Martini, any pizza take you out. You are my favorite friend. I love you. <laughs> I got. I, I will say that a couple weeks ago, my wife got a pizza with pineapple and bacon on it. And you threw it away immediately, right? It was delicious. It oh, was awesome. I got to say. Pineapple and bacon's uh, good. Another 10% for that scream. Correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 100%. No, it added to it. Yep. What else we got? Yeah. I like that. We're all over the place yeah. tonight. I'm surprised none of the panelists use. Whoa, soy whoa, that's a shot. Ah. That's, that's a winky. That little winky face. That's not going to make me feel better about that comment. D125. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I didn't say a bad thing about you. Yeah, what's going on, man? Like, Casey, D125. That's a shot at Casey specifically. That is a shot I at Casey. I use oat milk. MMAs. Oat milk. Yeah. What do you drink? What do you have a subscription to on Amazon? Soylent. There you go. <laughs> I'm getting lean. I'm getting lean. Got my guy. You are. Well, as, soon as, as soon as the gym's open up, you know. What well, weight class you in right now? Um, very close to Walter weight. Wow. Walking at almost walking at Walter weight now. Wow. So so now nice. I'm always like I was like oh I guess I can make lightweight I guess you no know, after a weight cut like oh, that's what I, I'm at I'm like right above lightweight right now. I'm see. not I'm not mentioning I'm not talking about this. <laughs> I'm not joining in. <laughs> Uh, do, do, do. well, I mean, we, we're getting questions about just mixed martial arts in general, but you know, yes, we'll throw a few more up there. Why the hell? Well, well, I, okay, hold on. Oh, I like, okay, go ahead. Do you think Mazadel <laughs> sells more pay per views than Marty? Of course, yeah, yeah, Marty McFly, probably uh, every Marty in general, yeah, Marty Funkhauser, <laughs> every single Marty in the world, <laughs> I'll combine yes, all that, the Marty's that, and still, yeah, Kamaru Uzman, uh, Kamaru <laughs> Dean Uzman, yes, yeah. I think Mazdal sells more pay-per-views than everyone not named Connor or John Jones right now. I think he sells more than John Jones. At this point, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Who's, maybe. Depends on who, yeah. who John, John is. Jones, Depends upon, did, of course. John Jones has never done a million pay-per-view buys, has he? The, the DC, the second DC fight got real damn close. It was like eight, like I thought eight there was fight. Which is really I, good. I thought the Rashad Evans fight. Oh, hey. the Rashad fight probably got close. Might I know have. Rashad Rampage got real high. Yeah. I think it's John Jones. It's his dance partner that'll help him, but like the the draw will be John. But he needs a guy that's gonna push his buttons. Mm -hmm. Like if John fights Francis, that could do crazy numbers. That could Just do a million. That's what I'm saying. Like, but John by himself will, is still one of the top five draws right now. But yeah, you're probably right. Majidal is probably the bigger star right now. I'd even yeah. put Majidal over Stylebender, unfortunately. Right now, yeah. 
Uh, Jones Evans, apparently 700,000. So actually well short, well short of a million. Mm. Still a very strong number, but definitely short Huge of a Huge number in yeah. 2020. Yeah. yeah. I really wonder, and this is this is a tough, I think it's a tough, just tough answer, but like Masvidal, John Jones, all this kind of hype is still based on this kind of pre-pandemic world. Mm-hmm. In this post-pandemic world, no press conferences, no open workouts, no world tours, no face-offs, no multiple, no real face-offs. You know, so like, how is the UC going to really create new stars without being able to just, I mean, they, all they can sell is just empty arena fights. I think it's, it's just, um, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, how long can we kind of continue this without just relying on the past? Well, I would I'd say, say, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. You're going to need fighters. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Okay. But you're going to need fighters like Amanda Hebas, who are like their personality just like oozes out of every, like that is who they are. I think now that you're not going to have like these, it's not that John, like John Jones did open workouts anyway. You're going to need fighters that a fight every day, like Don Cerrone. So he's just, he just is on TV all of the time. So you're going to recognize those names over and over and over and over and over. Or you're going to have fighters like Sugar Sean, Amanda Hebas, uh, who's the guy that just fought like two days ago. And now he all of a sudden has a fight books next Saturday. What's his name? Shimada. Yeah. Like you, you uh, need Chira, guys like yeah, you up. need men and women like that, where you're only going to see them once and they're going to stick around in your mind forever. Like there's no choreographed uh, press tour anymore. This is who they are. And it's, it's after with performances to go with it. I will say this. I feel like at least over the last three months, more seeds have been planted for potential stars than yeah, I I've seen in the last couple of years, especially these Fight Island events. I mean, just look at Wednesday night's card alone between Munir and the guy that's coming back and next week. And, you know, we've seen we've seen some some seeds planted. I mean, Amanda Hebas, that was a breakout performance for her. Uh, Sean O'Malley star is in a much bigger spot now because of that knockout. And now. You know, some of the guys who fell off, they're starting to make a, a comeback. But even as well, like, so. like Dan Hooker is going to be a big deal now forever because he yeah. had like, that epic war. And like, unless he goes on like a Kellen Gaslin one where he just lays two eggs in a row. But like Dan, if Dan Hooker could headline the next three fight nights. He fights in and I wouldn't be surprised. So a uh, UFC can still do it, but it's going to be much more. It's going to be up to the fighters much more to take advantage of the platform that they're given. Bryce Mitchell, another guy who's oh, 100%. Uh, he's on the cusp. Yeah, and even aside from personalities, I hope that uh, you know that, that ESPN does a good job of propagating these highlights as much as possible. Like, show people that Ariana Lipsky highlight, or at least the the visual as much as you can before her next fight, and let people know this is how she's. This, see the woman who did this; she's back this weekend, you know, or she's been back in two weeks. Like, really, really have ESPN just replaying these things nonstop. That O'Malley KO, uh, whatever Francis Ngannou's last performance was, anything. I, I know they do a good job of this already, but I think now more than ever, like you said, without the lack of sort of these opportunities for fighters to to show their personalities verbally and things like that really kind of emphasize this new generation of, 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 of highlights and these guys who can finish these fights in these crazy ways and uh, try and get, you know, try and get the new, new audience, try and get some of that younger audience back. I don't know how the UFC is with, uh, right. with the younger crowd, but I know, I mean, I don't know that many young people I'm old, but <laughs> based on the, uh, the, the, the TikTok generation, 
Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, the, the, the talk, the talk tick, whatever. But you know, based on the the chatter that I hear on the streets, you know, I do keep my ear to the streets sometimes. There, there really isn't uh, MMA is not like a sexy young person sport. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just the, maybe it's just kind of the, the the circles I move in. But um, as far as I know, definitely like NBA would be number one. I think as far as sort of what a younger generation watches, and then I'm not sure it would be second. But it's not it's not MMA. That's well, actually, I think we're gonna UFC, UFC 243, the winner of that main event could be a, a huge deal considering Costa and Adesanya are going to sell the hell out of that fight. They are two very genuine people where they're just like crazy people like in and out of the octagon. Like they're very fascinating people to follow on social media and interviews. Uh, they both have ties to a lot of different cultures like Adesanya, like Nigeria and New Zealand. He's getting a bigger deal uh, in in America. And then Paulo Costa obviously is fluent in Portuguese and in English. Uh, they're both uh, the primes of their career. They both fight super violently if given the opportunity and i think the bad blood leading into that fight the winner is going to be a big deal but i still think something's just something's gonna something's still missing because we still if, if the ufc continues how they're promoting fights how they, they continue this way like we're never going to have that face-to-face ever you know there's like yeah it's just never going to happen so i i don't under I, one thing i don't understand remember that that very famous and awesome cnbc um, interview with at the is this the money channel with Nate and Connor? Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't understand why we do that more of that with, with two guys. They're in separate rooms, but there's there, but we're still talking to the it, DC and John Jones. Like you, D- John Jones going. Like, you, you think I'm just gonna let you do that to me? You know, DC said D- that. Or uh, uh, Cormier or not uh, Garbrandt and Cruz, where Garbrandt tried to leave the room and find Cruz's yeah, find room. The room. Yeah, <laughs> and Cruz is like, is he coming? Let him like, let him in. Let him in. <laughs> So I, yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I just think I think the UFC is going to have to change something because I think this is going to they're just relying on past past press conferences, past performances. I think at some point it's just going to be this you know empty arena type of setting where no it's just it's hard to sell big pay views and just highlights. You know that's why Francis Ngannou isn't you know Jorge Masvidal. It's just because obviously his highlight reel is amazing, but. You know, he still needs a dance You know what else? It's going to take, like, I think someone, like, when The Rock tweets about Jorge Masvidal, mm. people people are going to see that. So, like, when Shaq puts out those clips of Francis Ngannou picking him up, people are going to, like, cra- grasp onto that. It's going to take a big star to really help push the UFC to outside of the MMA scene. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's going to be different. And then... And then uh, they're going to have some competition again very soon. NBA is coming back. Yep. Major League Baseball is about to kick off. The NHL playoffs are about to kick off. So then the NFL is kicking off. And I think personally it's going to help because we're going to get a lot of games on ESPN and you're going to have no, US commercials uh, right between like the NBA finals. Like I know everyone hates talking about professional wrestling. But the NBA finals is a ratings juggernaut, like viewership juggernaut. They're going to have AEW uh, wrestling commercials during an NBA Finals, they they had better not lose any of those rating wars on whatever night they're on. Uh, thoughts on Zhang Wei Li versus Rose Dambiunas? If you had to bet money, who would you bet it on? Oof. I was just thinking. Well, I mean, about we got to do this smart. Yeah. If we're doing if we're doing a straight pick 'em, it's I've I've always been a big believer that to be the the man or the woman, you get to beat. The man or woman. So until Zhang Wei Li is defeated, I'm picking her against anybody. That's just and, that's just me. Unless she fights Valentina, and then we have a different discussion. 
And look, Rose is hittable. All right, Rose is hittable. And uh, I mean, she did a great job avoiding Andras for the first two rounds of that last fight. But we saw how much damage could be done. Uh, I, I believe uh, Rose had a broken nose from it. I think uh, Zhang's a little bit quicker than Andrade. I think she hits just as hard. I can, and we're talking about five, a five-round fight, most likely. You know, yeah. I, I, question, I can't see anyone. Yeah. Is this fight in a tiny octagon? I think if it's in a tiny octagon, Wei Li's has the advantage, and a bigger octagon, I think Rose has the advantage. I agree. I think it's Zhang has advantage in the bigger one, and an even bigger advantage in the smaller one. <laughs> I think I would, Rose has the style to. Uh, to potentially frustrate Zhang Weili. And yep. yeah. anytime we can see Rose Namajunas fight, especially if she, when she's in a great place, it's just beautiful. This, like it really is. I was thinking about this fight the other day and it's like, this is my most anticipated fight that hasn't been booked yet. That's going to be booked. Like my most anticipated championship fight. I mean, more than Habib Gaethje. Yeah. Yeah. My God. I want I me, mean, I want to see that. I want to see that fight. But now even like Habib, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of, I don't know. I'm kind of worried about Habib, honestly, you know, just, where he is and how how you know that's another yeah. thing, but yeah, yeah of course. Uh, but and I think I think Whaley and Rose are just it's like wait, why not? Why, why why is it this over? These are, these may be the two best strawweights we've ever seen, you know. So yeah, I agree. But I think like we've said, literally every single A side that Gaethje has the most tools to beat to do the thing no one has ever done, and Habib is could be the greatest lightweight ever, and Gaethje is the most violent man ever. And that, to me, is the most anticipated fight. Like like I said, just Zhang Wiley and Rose is just happens to be the second. It just happens to be the second most anticipated for me because Habib is not looked beatable ever. And Zhang Wiley and Yuan just had an epic war. But an epic war means it was a back-and-forth fight. Habib's never had that. And I think Gage is the man to give it to him. And we got to keep in mind, too, we don't know when Rose is coming back. Yeah. We have no idea. So if Zhang Wiley... And her team calls Dana White in the next month and says, she's ready to go. What do you do? You book the rematch with Joanna, run that one back and wait till Rose is, is ready to go? Or do you just hold out on one of your rising stars globally until Rose is ready? That's, you know, I don't know. That's the, the process. That's the, the kind of place we're in right now. Do you get Dwight Whaley out there just to fight again? Because I think everyone would be excited to see her fight, Joanna, one more time is one of the greatest women's fights of all time, if not the greatest women's fight of all time. Oh, whoops. No. Habib is done. No, he's not, no done. he's not. He's not done. Uh, I'd rather watch Whaley and Rose than Gaethje Khabib. There you go. If, See, there you go. Every, everyone's spoken now. Well, if this Zhang, person has used has mixed and matched first and last names all across the board. So if, if, Zhang, if Zhang has to fight again before Rose is ready, I guess you go winner of... Gadelia Shaonan, I guess. It's not like the I mean, best. He's got his spars and Marina Rodriguez coming out too. Okay, exactly. Yeah. It's it really I not, think Amanda Hebas is gonna get the winner of that. Yeah, really, Namajunas is, is such the obvious choice that anything any other name we mentioned is clearly just kind of like a sort of a stay busy. Not not to say that it's like an easy fight, but uh definitely a stay busy for Shang who's been so dominant. Sure. So many awesome straw weights. Um yeah, everything's gonna get repetitive. Most anticipated fight is me versus Don McGrath. There you go. <laughs> is, that, is, that, uh, is, that, is that gonna be a real fight? Is that really a fight, or what is that, Jose? It's not gonna be a fight. It's not. Yeah, you're right because the fight's evenly matched. Yeah, like, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw him into a, like a wishing fountain, and then he's gonna get. <laughs> a 
And was, he was like, why did you just desecrate this wishing fountain? I'm be like, look at this man. And then be like, oh, yeah, he probably hasn't taken a shower in like a year. So you probably did him a favor. I'm like, yeah, you're right. So you're welcome, Planet Earth. Gosh. Uh, most anticipated fights for me. Uh, Ryan Hall versus Ricardo Lamas. Number one, obviously. Number two, Frankie Edgar, Pedro Munoz. Everything else is distant third. If oh, Michelle Pereira. Oh, oh my God. Oh, whoa. Number three, Michelle, <laughs> Michelle Pereira, uh, uh, Zalim, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Zalim. I apologize for that. No, you're laughing. I was right. Keep that clip forever. Did you reboot right now? I, I was right. No, Pereira and, and uh, Imadayev. I was right. I got the name right. I'm sorry. I apologize for, for thinking, uh, for muddling it up in the first place. So there you go. There's your top three fights to look forward to, people. Okay? Here's your top three. Can we and mix I'm that? Even, I'm not even going to say Ortega and Korean Zombie because I don't want to think about it. No, oh, it's no. definitely happening. It's definitely Shut happening. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, 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 think we've, uh, I think we've done enough here. Oh, yeah. We're over an hour for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's the beauty of ending these fight cards early. So more time to... To chat with the peeps, even though you say we're all soy boy drinkers soy or whatever. You can't but, tell um, me that because I drink my coffee like an adult. <laughs> me too. See, see what that says? I had an iced black right there. Ice. You guys are amazing. I know you guys. I'm talking about the, not the people I'm working with at the time, but the people watching. You guys, I think I'm pretty sure many of you have been here from the beginning of this uh, broadcast. So I don't know why. Bless you guys. Probably, I, don't, I, I don't know why. I'm screaming at the camera. Button your butt. Button your shirt. AK. Button. No, your no. Shirt. They've been screaming for me to unbutton the shirt, and I've tried very hard <laughs> to ignore those comments. Uh, but uh, I don't know how these guys take. 25 minutes in, I wanted to leave. So I don't know how you guys do it. <laughs> you guys, I wanted you to leave too. Yeah. Uh, and I want to stay paid. Do we have yeah. the, the do we have the rim shot? We don't have the rim shot. Great case, we got to add the rim shot. Here goes. <laughs> well, no. Okay. Also, well, also appropriate. They're waiting for Jose to talk about Niall McGrath, and we got that done. And there we go. Yeah, and I'm glad. I, and I'm glad I stuck around for that, and everyone else did too. But yeah, you guys are crazy. I love, I love everyone who wa- who's watching on YouTube uh, and watch these shows. You guys are the best. Uh, that's that's. Uh, I'm getting emotional. It's like I just want to say. Right. Sorry, boy. Drinkers, ha ha. False. Also, Niall McGrath looks like TJ Detweiler. Make it trend. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad so much. Good night, so everybody. Thank Beat you. It, Thank you for all the questions. Thank you all for watching, you crazy animals. Hope you guys enjoyed the fights, and uh, we're back at it next Saturday. What a great card that's going to be. Bellator is back next week. A lot to be excited about. For AK, for Casey Lyon in the truck, for Jose Youngs, I am Mike Heck. Have a good night, everybody. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.